Hello and welcome to Simply Reds. Uh, so we're back after a long, long hiatus. Uh, my name is Zain. If this was a football team, um, I'd be the gaffer. My star man, Mujtaba, I'm also joined by him. Um, and then finally, warming up the substitutes bench, we've got Mittal. Uh, normally this is the part where we would say something witty about our guests. But oh no, not today. We've got big, big news to discuss. So let's get straight into it. After starting the 2018-19 season with seven wins in the first 17 games, 19 points behind the league leaders, being closer to the bottom than we are to the top, Jose's been sacked. Where did it all go wrong? I prefer not to speak. <laughs> oh God, um, yeah, where, where, where do we start? You know, last season was decent. I know, I know. You know, we we wouldn't want to be finishing second. Uh, we got to a cup final. Um, but all in all, it was it was a decent season. You know, I would take it. Uh, I would take it. But then I think in pre-season, I think Jose was back to being Jose. Um, I think the the warning signals were there already. He started to call out some players, which I don't mind to some extent. But when it gets a bit too personal, it starts to take the piss. Um, preseason wasn't great either, and it, mm-hmm. it just it was just dire football and. We saw that at times last season as well. We play some shit football, but we turn it on now and again. And yeah. some of the players showed good form. But I mean, for example, the start of last season, Martial, Pogba was great. Lukaku was banging in the goals, but everything just seemed so so lazy. And it's just it just hasn't stopped. It just continued on. It's it's just not getting better. So are you saying last season we were willing to overlook? Uh, what was going on with regards to the style of play because we were grinding out the results yeah absolutely and it's his third season now I think he's had enough time um, to look at what was wrong and put it right and vice versa Um, I still think there's a lot of rubbish playing at the club which hasn't been rectified Um, I know he wasn't backed in the summer I mean I'm not saying all is wrong I I do like Mourinho and I I am upset that he's gone although I did feel the change had to be made he would do, he didn't get backed in the summer, which was very very weird. I mean, he got offered a new contract in January, and then they don't back him in the summer. It makes no sense. So there's something going on there. I don't know what's happened there. Um, you can't give someone a new contract and then six months down the line not give them any money. It was clear that we needed new centre backs. Um, is that partly Mourinho's fault? Should he have got rid of some of that dead wood? Should he got rid of Smalling, Jones, Rojo as soon as he came to the club? In my opinion, yes. He did bring in a couple of defenders. Uh, they haven't been great so far, but I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on there. And I think he's tried to send out a message to the board. So I, I see you. I see you passing off the blame a little bit, sort of saying that the board didn't back him with regards to giving him a purse um, full of full of cash to go out and buy the players that he needs. Do we really? If, if you, if I had to pin you down and say to you, give me that one reason, what was it? Was it Jose himself to blame? His style of play, his coaching, was it the boardroom not giving him enough money or just giving him the money but then not helping him secure the players that he needed? Muj, what would you say what that one reason was? I think it was a combination of everything. I think, uh, you know, the half way to last season, we did all right. They gave him a new contract. They said, okay, this guy can can do something in the long run. But when it came to the summer, we had a shit end of the season. And they probably thought, which probably isn't the right thing to do, but the board probably said, you know what, our style of play is not improving. Um, he signed a lot of players. Most of them haven't been great. We're not giving him any more money. Let's give it another six months. If he does do something good, maybe we'll give him some more money in January. If he does crap, the style of play doesn't so improve, then we're going to have to get rid of him. And I think that's what they've done, which I don't agree with, but it's happened. Yeah, I think uh, we started off with 
started off the season thinking, you know what, let's let's go for the league. As as I mean, it, now it just sounds ridiculous, but back then, you know, last year we finished second. It was all about strengthening that squad, maybe getting a couple of more signings in and just really going for it. Some improvements. Maybe it was a case that last year we ground out the results, but now we started playing with a better style of play and also had the results. But then as the season progressed, it seemed as if shit just kept getting worse and worse. We were playing dire football. The results just weren't coming along. And then it got to the point where Jose's position just sort of became untenable. Uh, Mitt, what about you in terms of if I had to pin you down on one thing potentially well i mean i read i read something recently that um they said that he was the right man at the wrong time so you know people have been saying that you know before Moyes came in he should have been the, you know the first successor after fergie um, maybe that would have been a better time to come in rather than come in with a a squad that you know Moyes and lvg built um like much said i think it's a multiple re- multiple reasons i don't think it's down to one reason firstly you know he had he had a fairly decent win um, rate, I think it was around fifty six percent, which is which is quite high considering. I think he managed over a hundred games, um, which isn't too bad. Um, but I I personally put it down to to both the the, the board itself um, for not backing him, although he did spend around three hundred eighty million. Um, but also just just his behaviour in his third season. I think you know when you get someone like Mourinho, you know what you're getting. You know when things don't go right. It's going to come out in the media, you know. He's going to he's going to basically after every single game, he's going to mention the players. Um, you know, he's not he's going to try and divert all the attention away from from the result and, and back onto him. So, you know, I liked him. Like Mudge said, I, I really liked him. Um, I thought he was the right man when they brought him in. Um, but it just seems, you know, he, he lost the dressing room. At, you know, at some point in the season. I mean, like like Mudge mentioned as well. You know, the start of last season. You know, everyone was everyone was saying four 0 FC. Because we were winning pretty much every game four nil. Um, we're playing attacking football. I don't know if you remember the game against Swansea. You know where we had five players just bursting forward, and you know I thought I thought that was that was the difference. And you know it's unfortunate that Man City played so well that season that you know we could have potentially even won the won the title, but it wasn't meant to be, I guess. But yeah, it's a good point. It's not the case that United were playing that bad in particular. It was a case that City were just light years ahead of anyone else. So overall boys was it was it the right decision I mean if you if you look at it from United's perspective in terms of where we are right now uh they've said that they're going to have a caretaker manager till the end of the season they've announced that that's Ali we'll, we'll come back to that but was it the right decision to fire him considering the fact that it seems as if it was a bit of a rash maybe an unprepared decision they're flapping around a, a little bit now in terms of let's get a caretaker in and then there was rumors around well who is that going to be um, do you think it's actually a fully thought out, planned move? Yeah, uh, I guess I guess the club was left with no choice. Um, like Mitt said, I think it's it's clear that he's lost the dressing room or most of it, and the last couple of months I would say has been really painful for all of the fans. Um, and unfortunately, we come to this sort of position; it's easier to sack the manager. You can't sack mm. twenty two players. <laughs> we were left with no choice. He had to go. He had to go. I think we need a fresh approach. We need to reset the club. You know, the way Jose handles things, you've seen it in his past clubs, the players absolutely mentally, um, you know, mentally shattered by, you know, what they've been put through by Mourinho. Even the fans, I think all of us needed this break. Um, and I think a lot of players, I mean, he's fell out with some of the big players, like Pogba hasn't been playing. Say what you want about Pogba, in my opinion, he's the best player at the club. And we're, we're half the team and he's not, he's not there. He has to play. 
So, yeah, I think we were left with no choice. Um, and I'm looking forward to what was to come ahead. I mean, it, it can't get any worse, surely. Yeah, so uh, we must think that um, having this caretaker manager take over uh, between now and the end of the season, uh, that caretaker manager can do something better than Jose could have within that same time. Because logically, I would have thought, you know, it is as bad as it is, get to the end of the season and regroup. I mean, our expectations, as I said, have changed since the start of the season. First, it was, you know, win the Premier League. Then it became top three. Then it's now looking as top four. Is that even going to be possible? So are we saying that we're thinking a caretaker manager can do a better job until the end of the season? Or is it a case of not about the football results, but about the rest of the stuff that goes along with it? Management of these players, keeping them on side. It seems as if Jose's burnt a lot of bridges. Is it is it that case? Um, I think I think in terms of his sacking, just going back to your first point itself, I think it was probably maybe a month too late. You know, obviously after the City game when we lost pretty badly, you know, we still had a more of a chance to get to top four. Um, and I think we yeah. played Crystal Palace after and then got a nil-nil. And then, you know, now we're 11 points behind. So, you know, top four is the minimum for, for Manchester United um, every season. And I think now with it being 11 points... They probably thought, you know what, it's too much. He's not going to claw that back. He's pretty much lost the dressing room. He's lost the fans. Um, and they probably couldn't see it improving. And I think it's probably a decision they probably made, you know, at least a month ago anyway, but gave him the opportunity to try and, and build, you know, um, you know, build the results. And, you know, I can't imagine them having a caretaker manager ready within two days or even 48 hours. It's, it's obviously something that they would have, you know, spoken to, to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer before anyway. Um, just to bring in but going back to your question itself Ollie's probably you know he's obviously a fan fan favorite um he's a legend at the club and I think mainly they, they're doing it to you know bring lift up the mood with the fans and you know play a, a better style of football and you know who knows you know in six months what happens um what about the players now let's move on to the players what part do they have to play in all this is there some blame to be laid at the players feet or is it just the case that, you know what, the manager picks the players and he tells them how to play, the philosophy, the style of play and the tactics. So it's not actually down to the players at all. It's down to the manager or is it a combination thereof? Oh, God. Um, I think it's quite clear a lot of the players haven't handled themselves um, very professionally in what's been happening. It's not the first time something like this has happened where, you know, players have forced out a manager in the club. Do I think they've forced him out? I think so. Not fully, but... A lot of them are frustrated by what's happening on the pitch. His tactics are obviously are not working, and the players are not expressing themselves um, how they probably would like to. There's, you know, a lot of the attacking players. I mean, look at our attacking lineup. Uh, you know, I would say our attacking lineup is probably the best in the league, if not the best in the league on paper. I mean, we've got Lukaku, Mata, Sanchez, Martial, Rashford. Pogba, it's crazy, but yet we can't string two passes together. Something's going on there. It's really frustrating, not only for those fans, but for the players as well. I mean, Lucas Sanchez, since he's, since he's arrived, he's got like two goals and you, you can't hit a barn door. I mean, what's going on? Has he all of a sudden become useless? I don't think so. It's surely it's got to do with, you know, the tactics, the message that Mourinho's sending the players out. It's not working. We've seen glimpses here and there, but... I don't know, I do think the players have been frustrated, they've sort of given up, we've seen some abject performances, but what what really frustrates me is, yes, we've seen some rubbish performances, but we've also seen some great performances in in, in 
like 45 minute burst we saw it at Chelsea away well I thought we were superb we saw it at Juventus for like 20 minutes we saw it um, I can't remember there was another game oh Newcastle Newcastle at home in the second half it was terrific what's going on there are they not listening to Mourinho or did they just choose when to play well or not I wasn't even there's, there's an interesting point that you made there and I wasn't even looking at it from this perspective when I was saying other players to blame I was looking at it more from the perspective of sort of tactically you know, the manager's gone out there, told them what to do, and they're just inept. They, they just can't do it. But you brought a more interesting point to the forefront, which is, you know, is maybe a, a more cynical view. Are the players actually not playing that well on purpose to try and get rid of him? Yeah, definitely. But because those, those, those games, those three games I mentioned, the first half, we were, we, we were absolutely woeful. But the second half, they've just turned up. I mean, how has that happened? It's, the contrast in performance was so different. It was crazy. I, I just can't explain that. I mean, I, 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 on those games, I thought, you know, a new, I know it's just Newcastle, but we beat them. I thought, you know, we've turned a corner. Then we went to Chelsea away and, and we had a fantastic second half. And I thought, you know what? You know, maybe the manager isn't to blame here. Maybe he is a place. They aren't listening to him. But they've shown that they can listen to him and they can show that quality on the pitch. But then it's back to the same old shit again. And I just can't explain it. What's going on? Do they? Is it up to them? Do they choose when they want to listen to him? Or do they choose when they want to be a bit more attacking on the pitch? I don't know the answer to that, but it's really frustrating. I don't know what you guys think, but it seems to me that what Jose does is at the start of games, he's far more conservative. So by default, very negative. You know, let's not let the other team score and we'll try and nick one on the counter. That seemed to be his approach. And then the the bursts, the, the glimmers of hope that we saw when the horses could be allowed to let run free was when shit had hit the fan and we had nothing to lose. And then, you know what, boys, just go out there, do what you've got to do. And then our players really started to express themselves. Yeah, I was just, I was just um, thinking about it as well. I think when, when, when we start the game, it's almost like Mourinho sets us up not yeah. to lose first. That's his first intention. Um, rather than actually going out to win the game itself. So hence why he plays two CDMs. Um, sometimes five at the back or you know you have Marshall and Rashford yeah. almost playing left and, and right back um, and then as soon as we go 1-0 down like we did against Newcastle or was it 2-0 down um, even against Chelsea it's then it just suddenly flips I don't know if it's down to Mourinho and he says you know what we need to attack more because if you look at the, the team we've got at the moment in terms of Martial, Pogba, Rashford even Lukaku at some points it's a, it's a very good team and they're very capable in terms of, you know, blowing away teams. But it's almost like, you know, how we've been set up. You know, in the past when Fergie used to set up teams, you know, we'd blow away teams straight away. And then, you know, the opposition will be out of the game. Whereas now it's almost like we keep them into the game. United want to be in the game. And then, you know, as soon as we go one or two down, that's when we start to play. And I think it's not right. Fans are getting frustrated. Um, because I, I saw that when I went up to Old Trafford against Spurs. We were sitting back, we were sitting back, hoping that, you know, there's going to be some something will happen, and you know we went down one nil and two nil down, and that's when we started playing. And it, and you know by then against a quality team, it's too late. Okay, so let's draw a line under this conversation and move on to looking at the at the Manchester United hierarchy. Uh, Gary Neville has come out um, on more than one platform uh, and pretty much finger pointed at the top, saying there needs to be a more systematic view uh, and maybe a reshuffle uh, in terms of how the club is organised. Oh, mate, where do you start with this one? It's, it's a complete mess. I mean, and this shit started a long time ago. It started when Fergie was still at the club, when the Glazers came in. 
um, they have no idea of how to run a football club. It's, it's just a business for them. Um, they just want to see green numbers. Um, they're all about ma- making money. Uh, everyone knows Manchester United is a money-making machine. And the Glazers are absolutely laughing. They don't care what's happening on the pitch as long as we're hitting the bare minimum. And we always will because, you know, fans will always fill the stadium. The shirts will always sell. We've got the most fans in the world. We make the most money in the world. It's, it's a, it was a no-brainer when the Glazers purchased the club. Um, looking at Ed Woodward, the guy hasn't got a clue about football and yet he's making decisions on uh, based on football. And like Gary Neville said, he said, not only are we losing to the, the cities, the Liverpools, the Chelsea's uh, on the pitch, we're also losing to them off the pitch as well because they're light years ahead of us in terms of how to set up a football club. They've got the right people in charge, the people who know about football, how to run a football club, and we don't. We just have this Muppet, Ed Woodward, who's who's being controlled by the Glazers on strings, and he seems to be just hiring anybody he wants. He makes the signings he wants because he knows those signings are going to sell shirts and make money. I mean, like I said, this shit started a long time ago, and if you guys recall, when Fergie was there, the spending sort of stopped. He was given money here and there, but he kept coming out and saying things like, oh, there's no value in the transfer market anymore. I mean, I remember after, I think it was one of the World Cups when Ozil was available, um, and all of United fans wanted Ozil, and Fergie didn't sign him. He signed Hernandez for seven million instead, and he said, "I've looked at the place in the World Cup, and there's no value in the transfer market anymore." Now I'm going to run across a list of Fergie's last twenty signings. This is in no particular order, but just hear out the names, okay? Nick Powell, Shinji Kagawa, Van Persie, Angelo Henriquez, Butner, Wilfred Zaha, Jones, De Gea. Ashley Young, Smalling, Hernandez, Bebe, Lindegaard, the goalkeeper, Valencia, Michael Owen, Oberton, Mamham Birham Juve, Dimitar Berbatov, Tosic and Dilat. Now imagine Mourinho made these 20 signings. I mean, there's probably four decent players in there. I'm looking at Van Persie, De Gea, potentially Hernandez. Who else up there? I, I don't, that's it. You could see, you know, the, the, the warning signs were there. You know, Fergie was looking at these cheaper signings that were offering him value. He would he would call it. He was putting his punt on these young players. Here and again, we, we'd sign a bigger player, something like Berbatov. But the warning signs were there. The money was stopping. Whilst I completely agree with you, um, the owners, let's be honest, the owners need to change. All they care about is profit. I think we can all agree on that. If you look at models in other countries, you're buying Munich's, you're Barcelona's. I believe, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but those clubs are fundamentally owned by the fans. They pay membership. That membership goes into running the club. Um, in terms of transfers and all the rest of it, there's a board that's put together which has one interest at heart, and that's the success of the club for the fans, really. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. I'm going to say, well, if you look at our um, the managers that came in after um, Alex Ferguson, Moyes, you look at LVG and Jose, I mean, it's not as if they've been denied the funds. No, I was just going to say, like, over the last, even even Moyes and um, Van Hal and Mourinho, there hasn't really been a, a strategy in, in terms of, you know, the a, a way of playing football. Um, if we speak about Liverpool, you know, the, the players they get in, they're all, you know, part of the same sort of ilk in terms of, you know, pace and, and whatnot. Whereas United have been signing players like willy-nilly here and there. It doesn't really, you know, match anything. And, and that could be down to, to both, obviously, the, the board as well as the manager as well. And, 
you know that that's why there's obviously talk of of a new manager having a better transfer strategy and i think that purely comes down to to the board as well with you know not having a director of football more having you know woodward um as in signing sponsors and and being more commercially focused you're right when some of these players become available it almost seems as if, as if we're just splurging out and buying these players just for the sake of buying players because well, we think it's going to solve our problems. And then these players come and we realise, hold on a minute, we we really didn't need them or they don't fit an overall playing style. Like, take take Mata, for example. Under Moyes, I think we had a, a glut of players that could play in positions in that hole that Mata loves to play so dearly. And take Shinji Kagawa, for example. We always thought that he was a, uh, certainly us three anyway, we thought he was a very, very talent, talented player. As soon as Mata came in, I mean, he was sort of pretty much pushed out to the periphery and that that again that signing seemed to be because he'd fallen out at Chelsea he was available on the transfer market and we all for some reason we thought you know signing a player is going to solve all of our problems yeah I mean you, you spoke about the money was always mm. available I, I, I don't know I mean Van Hall the problem with Van Hall was he spent a lot of money on mediocre players but the money was only given because we had no choice we lost a lot of players due to them um, leaving the club or retiring the likes of Evra, Ferdinand, Vidic, Carrick, Giggs, Skulls. We had to replace them, but unfortunately we replaced them with such mediocre players, which didn't help us. And most of them are still at the club. Um, and we've seen it now with Mourinho. Yes, Mourinho made, he spent money, but we have to admit that we, you know, every club has to spend money in order to compete. I mean, look at Liverpool, look at Man City. Roy Keane made a fantastic point the other day where he said that uh, Pep spent so much money in his first season he won nothing but he went out to his board and he said I need more defenders and they said here's 400 million he bought five six defenders uh, and now look where he's at I guess you can argue you know he, he was going they were heading in some direction he was playing good football etc but at least he, his board backed him um, our board gave our manager a new contract and yet they didn't back him I, I, I don't understand that so and another thing is, I always feel, this is my personal opinion, where I think Ed is always agrees with the signing, where he feels that they can get the money back, i.e. whether that be through, you know, marketing and shirt sales, like, that's why we spend a lot of money, money on the likes of Pogba, for example, we've probably got that money back in a week. Um, and maybe when Mourinho did give him a list of defenders, he thought, you know what, defenders are not good for a club, they're not going to make us money back, do with what you got, so... I don't. I don't know. I don't know who to really blame in that sense because you know, can three managers make like incorrect signings all the time? Like, what is it down to? You know, is it the board or is it those three managers that made those decisions? Like, what you mentioned as well, Fergie made some horrible signings as well. So, you know, it's it's all pointing to the board in terms of who actually makes the signings. Yeah, I think he's getting involved too much. Like I said, Ed is not a football man. I think he's. Yeah, he's he's obviously not a football man, but he's still got his finger in everyone's business when we're making signings, and that shouldn't be the case. Like you said, we should have a someone like a director of football in place, a head of recruitment who knows football, who identifies players before the likes of Liverpool and City even spot them. That's what we used to do a long time ago with David Gill. We used to be ahead of the game, and we used to identify talent way did, before did anyone we else. Have a- I was going to say, didn't we have a head of recruitment and then he recently left after a year or something? What was that rumours? Um, yeah, I saw on Twitter that, you know, after a year he just left and that was it. But I don't know if that was down to the board or, you know, they weren't listening to him. Who knows? No, there's. I think there's, there's a couple of different... I mean, I've not... Let's be honest, I've not done uh, thorough research into this subject, but I think 
um, the way that our kind of scouting and uh, academy side of things works, there seems to be, I think, is a proud figure that we're brandishing uh, around, or United are brandishing the fact that they've got, you know, 55 scouts or something like that, or 55 regional scouts or whatever the case may be. And somebody had um, uh, had a quite interesting point to make on that, where they were saying, why is that something that they're proud of? By having, you know, 55 regional heads or regional scouts, there's not a one single voice. There's 55 different opinions. Whereas, you know, historically, the way that a scouting system or whatever it is has worked is you've got sort of one guy at the top who's, you know, who's the head honcho, basically, who's the main guy. Every decision has to be run past him. And he pretty much bakes in the philosophy and kind of the principles of what he's looking for in it. Yeah, I think I think the the, the the main issue here is Ed Ed Woodward is having the final say on our mm. signings, where he should be nowhere near, near it. it. That, that's yeah. the problem. It should be a footballing decision. The manager should have the final say, but he has a final say because all he cares about is yeah. the money, and that's I wrong. I think there's an element here also where responsibility has to again put, be put on the manager. I'm a big big kind of proponent of the fact that a lot of these. Uh, you know, unfortunate events are down to the manager. Let me give you a couple of examples. So under LVG, we had the likes of uh, Di Maria, an absolutely fantastic player. Um, and, you know, the, the, an element of man management has to come into this. LVG was, in my opinion, quite hard-headed. You know, it's my way or the highway. And Di Maria said, fair enough, highway is for me. I mean, he didn't even take the plane to, to pre-season or whatever it was. And then you had the um, Barcelona goalkeeper as well, um, yeah, Valdez, who was you know completely put into embarrassing situation where he was asked to be trained with um, the uh, under fives, boys and the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> under fives. Yeah, no, but you get the point. There's there's an element of of management to this. I think I was reading up um, around Fergie's man management skills, and um, I think maybe it was a YouTube clip that I was watching where. Uh, no, it was actually Rio Ferdinand who, who said this. He was asked, you know, what, what's the difference, do you think, um, with regards to how you were managed under uh, Moyes and how you were managed under um, Alex Ferguson? And there was a great piece of, a little golden nugget of insight, which he kind of dug up. He said, under um, Alex Ferguson, regardless of what your form was, even if you weren't playing your best, he made the entire squad think like or believe that they were valuable. And for example, even if you weren't playing that weekend, he'd, or you know, you're a young player just coming through the squad, he'd put you into the squad and he'll tell you, son, don't you worry, your time's going to come. And when it comes, you know, it's going to be because that player, you know, had an injury or whatever it is, but you'll get that five minutes and you've got to be prepared when you get that five minutes because that's your time to shine. And we saw it time and time again with the youngsters when they were coming in um, from Ferguson. But it was that kind of whole thing around making the squad think as a unit, think as one that we're all striving to win the Premier League together. Even if you play five minutes, two minutes or the entire season, your time will come. Whereas with, I think that's where Jose, to a certain extent, lost the uh, I thought, I thought um, Zane, I was just going to say, I thought you were going to say that um, Rio, Rio, uh, Rio said that um, uh, Moyes told him to watch um, Jagielka videos or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, that part was true. I, I don't know where, the, that's where, to be honest, that is where Rio Ferdinand lost all respect for David Moyes. That's that, that point. Um, but yeah, no, apparently, apparently that's true. So let, let's move on. There's plenty, you know, we looked back in the rear view mirror. Um, quite a lot of sort of negativity, I feel. Let's let's lift the spirits of the podcast a little bit, chaps. Let's start looking at where do we go from here. So looking forward, we know Manchester United have now appointed Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the man, the legend, the babyface assassin, as a caretaker uh, manager until the end of the season, uh, until the Messiah 
arrives next season. So <laughs> he's going to be joined by uh, Mike Phelan, uh, who is coach under Alex Ferguson. Uh, most of us are going to remember him as Fergie's mouthpiece when he was trundled out when Fergie didn't want to talk to the BBC because he was having a spat with them or whatever it was. Um, so Mike Phelan is going to be the coach. We've got the likes of Michael Carrick, Kieran uh, McKen, who will also be helping out. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too happy. In all honesty, I know. I know. You know, he's going to bring a smile to the fans and the players. I'm sure, but I don't know. I don't know. In all honesty, it's it's a difficult one. I was expecting. I know it's only for six months, and what permanent manager can, will, would be willing to take for six months. Much. What about you? I know you've got a far more researched and uh, thorough analysis of uh, uh, of Oligon and Sasha, mainly because you watched some documentary. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was saying to you guys the other day. I mean, this is a long time ago, like five or six years ago, maybe a bit more. I stumbled across a, a documentary on Oligon and Solskjaer on YouTube, and it was quite long. It was over an hour and a half long. And I was absolutely blown away by what I saw. Um, so the, after he left, um, well, well, when he was still at Manchester United, after he retired, he, he started coaching the reserve team. He was there for quite a while with Ferguson, etc. Um, and then he got offered the job uh, to manage Molde, his, uh, his home club, where he actually originally came from to United. Now they they were like mid they were like the Crystal Palace of the Norwegian league. They've never won anything. <laughs> They've never won the league. <laughs> Um, he went there and won the league in his first season. And as you can imagine, um, it turned a lot of heads and he retained the title the following season as well. He completely revolutionised the way Norwegian teams play football. And it's, a, it's just a small example of what he did. When he went there, he mentioned that because of the state of the pitches in the country, because of the weather, um, every team had a six foot five inch centre forward and they would just lob the ball up to him. And there were a lot of headed goals in the league. And as soon as he got there, he, he he didn't like that. He changed it. He said, you know what? I'm getting rid of him, even though he was one of the best strikers in the league. Um, and he started recruiting smaller players. Like, for example, he signed Magnus Wolfakram from Manchester United, um, who didn't make the first team squad, but he was a very tidy player. He was a small player, a bit like Mata. Um, he brought him back to the club um, and he started uh, playing the ball on the ground. And he, the documentary spoke a lot about his coaching methods, uh, what he learned from Ferguson. Um, and he, he'd always talk about Ferguson, you know, what he's learned from Ferguson, how he's looking to implement that into his uh, future coaching career. And it was fantastic to see um, the sort of, you wouldn't think he would have had that sort of personality. You would have thought, you know, he's a soft guy, he's too nice almost. But watching that documentary is totally opposite. You know, this guy, like he knew his football and he knew when what to say to the players and when to say to them. So I was really happy to see it. And I thought to myself, you know what, it'd be nice to see him come back to the club one point uh, as a coach or something so I'm not yeah. saying I'm happy to see him back because of that documentary of course not I mean we still don't know much about him but what I am happy about is you know he knows the club I'm hoping he'll bring a lot of unity to the club uh, he'll bring some of the culture back um, uh, what I'm more happy about is Mike Freeland coming back um, like you said he was Fergie's mouthpiece almost um, I know he, he knows the club a lot he knows exactly how it works and you have Fergie worked. I'm not saying I want to go back to what Fergie did. I mean, Fergie's gone now, get over it sort of thing. But I'm just hoping the players will get relaxed now. The fans are relaxed, which is good to see. I mean, I, I was just mentioning to you earlier on before uh, before this um, podcast that United have just released a little snippet or a video for his interview. And this is just a short quote from what he said. And I really like what he said. He said, it's not about the opposition. It's about us. It's about Manchester United. It's about our players knowing what they can do, about our players expressing themselves. So our main focus will be on us, how I want us to play. 
and that's quite refreshing um, to hear. I know it's just yeah. him saying words, and we might end up losing to Cardiff. <laughs> no, the, um, there's, there's definitely there's definitely a little bit of hope coming through. I mean, especially given the fact that you know he is uh, you know he was involved in in Manchester United for such a long time, and he, he even helped out. Um, I think he was coach for the reserves at one point as well. So he's got that kind of Manchester United DNA within him. Um, uh, let's not forget the fact that you know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a chap who is a uh, you know quite a mature individual. I think there was a, a point within his career where he was offered the uh, Norwegian national team job, and he and he declined, saying, "You know what? I don't think this is the right time for me at the moment." So I mean, I don't think he would take on this position if he felt as if it was too much for him. You got to take that into consideration. But no, I, I jump on to the hope bandwagon with you there, uh, Mustafa, around the fact that um, you know Oli's you know, breath of fresh air. Hopefully, you know he'll bring that attacking style back back to Manchester United. And with the little words that he said thus far, there's somewhat inspiration. If I was a player sitting at home, a United player, that I would feel as if you know what this manager is going to allow me to uh, unleash myself and really express myself on the pitch. Yeah, the argument is, I mean, is this season a write-off or is there still a lot to play for in this season? Um, I think that's the the, the two sides uh-huh. of the coin right now. Um, that's what Mitt is probably alluding to, where he's saying, you know, there's still a lot of there's still a lot to fight for in the league. We can still get fourth spot. We can still win a trophy. We can still play well in the Champions League. Or is it a case of, you know what, let's write the season off. Let's focus on what needs to be done. Um, at the top of the club in terms of the boardroom and getting the right people in and focusing on getting the right manager in the summer and more um, of the latter, I think. I'm not saying let's completely right off the season. I still want us to show a bit of fight and still be in a respectable position. I want us to, you know, for example, let's fight for the FA Cup. Let's see what we can do in the Champions League. But it's all about the summer for me. I desperately want the right person involved. I want the board to change. I know the Glazers are going nowhere. Edward was going nowhere. And unfortunately... Um, that's going to remain and will that ever solve the, the club's issues with those guys being there I don't know because they're going nowhere we have to find a way around that and it looks like from reading you know what's coming out in the news that Edward Woodward is looking to recruit some of the best people um, and he's looking to recruit the, the right manager and I'm really focused on that. I want us to get that right man. I know who that right man is, in my opinion. So come on, enlighten us all. Who is it? Yeah, for me, it's it's got to be Maurizio Pochettino. I suppose um, for me, he is the guy. Um, he embodies what we should be looking for in a manager. Um, I love the way he, he he's done. He handled himself off the pitch. Um, he's a real gentleman, and I'm not saying that's going to transmit onto the pitch, but. He's done a fantastic job at Spurs and a fantastic job at Southampton as well. I love the way he plays his football. Um, he's very professional in what he does. He plays attacking football. He gets results and he's a sort of, he's a young manager. He reminds me of, um, actually no, he doesn't remind me of Fergie, but he reminds me of Fergie in the sense that he, he sort of knows his football and he knows what he needs to do and he's very professional at it as well. He, he knows. He knows his philosophy and he sticks to it, and I really and it works. It's working. I mean, the argument he's won nothing. He's won nothing at Spurs, and to be honest, the world is not full of a lot of managers that we can target. I mean, all the best managers are at our clubs already. If if I was to choose any manager in the world right now, if I could choose anyone, I would probably say Pep Guardiola. But unfortunately, oh the Judas, forget about him. Forget about that Judas. We would we would never. Yeah, but yeah, he's gone. Exactly, he's gone. So. I think Pochettino is the one, um, in my opinion. I don't see anyone else out there who could come into Manchester United and do a good job. There's still some decent managers out there, but we're looking for someone 
who's going to be long term, someone who sticks to his guns. He plays good football. He has a good relationship with the fans, good relationship with players. He he signs the right players. Um, I was reading something, uh, maybe it was on Twitter, some comments uh, where people were saying, you know, we've we've tried it all before. We've tried, you know, managers which we think were going to be long term successes and in the mold of Ferguson, i.e., David Moyes. We've tried managers who had that kind of big reputation, um, you know, your LVGs. We've tr- tried managers who are all about winning. Uh, your Jose Marinas, none of that has worked. So why don't we go back to the um, drawing board and find a manager who? Let's look at the fundamentals of Manchester United: promotion of youth, good uh, attacking style of football. You know these kinds of characteristics. Somebody who's you know that the ethical perspective as well as you mentioned carries himself with great distinction um, on and off the pitch. Uh, I, I would agree with you with regards to ticking all those boxes. Maurizio's your man. Yes, admittedly he might not have won much or anything, but he does tick those boxes. Okay, I'm going to throw a little um, curveball into the mix. What about Zinedine Zidane? I don't, I don't think that's a curveball at all. I thought if you mentioned someone like Eddie Howe, then I would have been like, oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Zidane obviously has got, um, he's got all the credentials, hasn't he? He's, he's a likable man. You can see what he's done at Madrid as well. So, you know, it's not, it's not so much of a risk, but. Obviously, first choice in terms of you know how United have have been built over the years, Pochettino sounds sounds like the right man. But Zidane wouldn't be too bad. You know, he's got you know all the experience now. Um, albeit he's been working with some top top players. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think it would be too bad. I just can't see it in in the in the long run. I can see you know what he did at Madrid. You know, be there for maybe three years or so, win maybe one or two trophies, and if it wasn't working out, he'd leave. Whereas I'd probably see Pochettino work it out um, more like, you know, at Spurs where, you know, he hasn't won anything. He hasn't had much to spend, um, if anything. And, you know, he's been told that he's got no money for January yet. You know, he's not kicked up a fuss like Jose has in the past as well. So that's probably why I'd like to see Pochettino in. I'm going to go, I'm going to go on a limb and try and defend Zidane a little bit here and fight, fight for his corner. Um, I believe the reason he left uh, Real Madrid is simply because Real Madrid are a club that are run quite differently than the way United are run. So I believe historically, especially with regards to Ferguson, he had a pr- pretty much a say in, in a hell of a lot, really. Uh, I don't know whether the power for the manager and that, that top gaffer has diminished since he left, uh, but I still believe the likes of David Moyes. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure David Moyes has had a lot of say in you know all of the different operations at the club. Um, I think it was probably the same for LVG and um, Jose Mourinho as well. So looking at the way that the club is set up, somebody like Zidane at Real Madrid didn't have that much of a say. I mean, I'm pretty sure he didn't even have a say in you know who was going to be signed, who was going to be sold. All he did was turn up on match days, do the tactics, figure out the philosophy and style of play for the uh, for the team. The rest of the stuff was done by others effectively at the club. And I don't think he, he liked that. I think that was the reason that he left the club. I mean, why else would you leave a club where you're doing so brilliantly at? You know, 70%, something like that, win win rate, phenomenal. The amount of Champions Leagues that, that he won as well. Um, so I think that's the primary reason he left. And if he came to Man United, he would have that control that he so desperately, I believe, craves. So I, I think you guys are right, though. Um, overall, Pochettino proven in the Premier League. I mean, Mudge, we were talking about this a couple of days back. You know, the Premier League, it's, it's, it's a beast. It will chew you up and spit you out if you're not the right person. Yeah, going back to Pochettino, my only reservation with Pochettino is, is he, is he a yes man? Is he a yes man? And is that why he's being targeted by Edward Wood? Does Edward Wood want someone who you just listen, you won't give any money to and you won't say anything, you just get on with it? Which is what Pochettino is doing right now at Spurs. 
and that's that's a danger. That's a danger. That's a danger for the club. We don't want a yes man. We want a good manager, but we want someone to stand his ground when something's not going right. We want him to speak out. Maybe not quite at the level of Jose Mourinho, but I don't know. That's my only reservation with Pochettino. Is he too nice? I don't know. We we maybe don't know him well enough, but for me, he's a, uh, for me, he's the right man. I mean, going back to Zidane, it's a good shout, um, Zidane. But for me, it's too much of a big risk getting Zidane in. Um, I thought. Yes, he did a great job at Madrid winning his Champions League. He didn't do great in the league. Um, look at the squad he had. He had a phenomenal squad. He didn't buy many players. He didn't need to. Um, his um, his squad was phenomenal. And the, uh, why I think he left is because, one, he knew Ronaldo was going. And two, the average age of the squad is quite high. I mean, the best, their best players are like 30-plus now. Ramos, Modric, Benzema, Cruz, Marcelo, they're on their way out. And he probably thought, you know what? My CV is looking great. Let me get out of here now before, you know, shit, it's a fan. Um, but, you know, going back to what you mentioned about Zidane then when you said he wants more control, I think we need to change that in our club. I think that's a problem with United right now is the manager has too much control. This, the club is too big now, I, I feel. And I feel there's too much to do. And we need people at the top helping the manager out now, like you mentioned before director of football head recruitment we need the manager focusing just what's happening on the pitch and I feel the manager's getting pulled in too many directions yeah I think that's something that um, uh, Rio Ferdinand said in that same interview that I was talking about earlier he mentioned the fact that you know Moyes came to uh, Everton he was used to having a say you know having his fingers in many different pies but at a club like Manchester United Rio Ferdinand thought that you know you can't do that at a, a club at the size of Manchester United you mm. just can't it's physically impossible so I think you're right some of those responsibilities need to be um mediated um to, to appropriate individuals let the football side of the club do the football let the business side of the club deal with the business um I think you're right there are fundamentally bigger changes that are required here above and beyond just the manager um I think a whole systematic review of how the club top, from the top down um is run um I think you know historically Manchester United have been, an, you know, in terms of the way that they run, both on and off the pitch, has been fantastic under the Ferguson era. I mean, we were winning despite everything that was going on off the pitch in terms of ownership and all the rest of it. And maybe Ferguson was papering over some of those cracks. Anyway, moving on. So put yourself in the shoes of the new manager. Say it's Maurizio. No problem. We'll go with that. Seems to be our first choice um, for, for, for the panel here. Uh, you're in his shoes. You've arrived, first day here. What's the first thing that you do? Uh, I think the first thing to do is get rid of all of the dead wood and the shit that used to go at the club. It's gone on for far too long and I'm absolutely disgusted with some of the players that are still at the club. I mean, there was a there was a horrific stat. I think it was the lineup uh, of the other day that I think it was like seven players of the 11 were still there when Fergie uh, was still at the club and that was just a disgrace. And the only decent come one. Come on, name up. and shame. The only who decent you, one. Who you, get rid of? <laughs> <Name> <laughs> who you call into your office as manager? Who you, uh... The first player I'm calling to the office, Phil fucking Jones. <laughs> <laughs> How many lives has this arsehole got? I'm sick of it. <laughs> no, you know, you know, when he first came to the club, the guy was phenomenal, and I do believe that his career has been. Ravaged by injury, I really do believe that there was a fantastic player in there. Um, he's lost all confidence because of his recurring injuries. But let's not go into that. I'm getting rid of Jones. I'm getting rid of Fellaini. I'm getting rid of Damian. I'm getting rid of Ashley Young. I'm getting rid of Rojo. I'm getting rid of Valencia. Um, 
I'm what the hell are you going to be doing? You're going to be doing play, player manager yourself. You'll be running out of players soon. Mate, this is this is this is the whole thing. We need to get rid of this shit, and we need to bring players in, which which causes another which causes another problem. That if you do get rid of eight nine players, is Woodward going to cough up? Yeah, is he going to cough up five six hundred million just to replace the players, plus another three four hundred million on top on players that we do need as well? That's another drama as well. I mean, that's another headache. <laughs> So we should have got rid of some of these players a long time ago. So I'm getting rid of those players. That's the first thing I'm doing. And I'm replacing them with quality this time. Wow. Okay. So, so a definitive directive by Mustafa as the manager of Manchester United, if he was given that role next season. Mitt, what about you? A different view or is it all about getting rid of that deadwood? Um, it is the deadwood, obviously. You know, how, how are we playing Ashley Young in 2018? <laughs> it's mental. Like when you think about it. You know, you're you're lumping balls into Fellaini. No, I can't be bothered to. I can't be bothered to watch that. Um, Hold on a minute. Weren't you celebrating when you got that? <laughs> you were the first one celebrating. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. You know, I, I love I love a bit of shithousery. You know, when it comes off his hand and then he's scuffing it into the corner, take us to the knockout stages. Why not? But but um, it's mentality as well. I think a lot of players, you know, like back in the day, players used to play for the badge as well. Now it's just almost like. They can't be bothered. And it's, you know, like, as much as I like Paul Pogba, you know, why why is he sulking? He's playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world. Yes, he's not happy with the manager, but you should you should still be playing for the shirt. And, you know, so, some of these players are, are you know, I don't know, man. It's just difficult to say. It's just bang average everywhere, pretty much, other than De Gea. And, you know, that's it pretty much in terms of quality. And obviously Pogba, you know, Lukaku's not good enough. And, and what we do in signing, you know, giving new contracts to Chris Smalling. That was a bit cheeky, wasn't it? The day before he gets a, a new contract. How did he manage to pull that off? <laughs> that's that's in front of the radar, isn't it, after what's happened? <laughs> and the problem is, is, and the problem is now, like, how, how do you get rid of Ashley Young? Do you know what I mean? No one wants him. It's almost like you've got to run his contract down and then we're going to extend it by a year. And then, you know, Chris Smalling is getting his testimonial next year. What is that about? <laughs> How are you? How are you? How are you expecting to 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 move forward when you have players of that quality? No, no. Uh, it's just it's, it's baffling. Do, do you know? I think one of the, the one of the attributes that we've got at the club that maybe we shoot ourselves in the foot with, you know, work for Fergie, but it's not working for anyone else. Is loyalty. So Fergie was always loyal to well to a certain extent to to his to his players. Um, and somehow his attribute of getting the best out of each and every one of those players, again, probably paper over some of those cracks. But you look at the top, top managers, they're fucking ruthless. Like you look at Pep Guardiola, if, if a player, he buys a player and he spunks money on him and he's not working out, he'll fucking get rid of him. You look at when he went to, um, when he was managing Barcelona, Ronaldinho, one of the, the legends of the game, he didn't give a shit. He told him straight up, mate, you're getting fat. <laughs> you need to get out of here. I think he did the same with Samuel Nasri as well at Manchester City. Whole host of plays. He's not afraid to tell them exactly how it is and get rid of them. He doesn't care how big they are. Zlatan, again, at uh, Pep at um, Barcelona. You look at Klopp with uh, Karius, uh, the goalkeeper. You know, didn't work out. Right, get rid, get another guy in. You know, and he's been backed by his board now as well with this approach. Jose's a bit more, you know, Fellaini, you're doing the job for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you. I'll give you game time. I'll, I'll reward some of that loyalty. Maybe, maybe that was his downfall. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how Fellaini's done it. He's, he's <laughs> survived three managers. If if Solskjaer starts him like on Saturday, I'm I'm topping myself. I've had enough. <laughs> Can you imagine 90th minute and we're pumping it into Fellaini? 
Let's get it. Nah, it's not gonna happen. Get, no, get, it's get, not gonna happen, man. Get Jose back. Yeah. Get Jose back. <laughs> nah, I can't. You know what? <laughs> one one final word, right? This is you can only answer with one word. I'm gonna give you three options. Much. Mois, LVG, or Jose? Jose. Interesting. Mittal. Mois, LVG, Jose. Uh, Jose. How, how about you? How about you? LVG, baby. <laughs> the entertainment factor alone. The entertainment factor alone. <laughs> Michael Kijam. <laughs> to my French of Simply Red. Thank you and good night. <laughs>